You're listening to the English Ministry Podcast of Chinese Christian Church Thousand Oaks. Join us every Sunday at 11 a.m. Find out more at english.cccto.org. I ask us this question. How is our response to the baby Jesus this Christmas season? This week, we only have seven, eight days before Christmas Day. Are we even thinking about our priority of putting Jesus Christ first in our lives over all of the presents and gift giving and all of that? Or is Jesus just something like a spackle where after you finally paint the walls, you get out your toothpaste or whatever that thing you use, that white stuff you use to fill the spackle and then you repaint it again. And we give Jesus his time. But of course, the time that we truly give this season is all the other activities. And we're gonna look from the Bible, what was the response? Of the first people who actually encountered Jesus, how did they respond to the baby Jesus during that first Christmas? Well, what I want to do first is if we can all stand up, and we're going to read the scriptures, and if we can all stand up, I will read the even verses, and then if I can have the congregation read the odd verses, I will start in Luke chapter 2, verse 6, and if I can have us read the even verses, and we'll go all the way to verse 21. Luke chapter 2, verse 6 says, While they, Mary and Joseph, were there in Bethlehem, the days were completed for her to give birth. In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. (laughs) This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace among men with whom he is pleased. So they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. The shepherds went back, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen, just as had been told them. May God bless the reading of his word. You all could be seated. Let me ask you guys a question. How many of you still haven't finished shopping this Christmas? Raise your hand. Okay, wow, that's pretty good. Most of us have finished our shopping. How many of us boycott Christmas? 
Not because we don't believe in Christmas, but we just don't want to go through all the shopping and, and all of that. Raise your hand. All right. Okay. I, I'm also sort of a, a Christmas boycotter, so we have a couple of, of boycotters here. But those 30% of you, man, you better get on our way. Hint, go online and give gift certificates. The easiest way, find whoever friends, email address it is, and just get it directly to them. Very easy. You finish up your Christmas shopping within just 15 minutes. Well, years ago, I had a friend. This is not his real name, so you can't fa- look it on Facebook, but Luke Kylo Ray Finn. But I had a friend, Luke, and this guy was the first Christmas boycotter that I had ever met. I mean, he literally boycotted Christmas. He was not an atheist. He was a devout Christian, and he did it for Christian reasons. And I asked him, you know, this is weird. What's wrong with giving gifts during Christmas? What's wrong with going to the mall or going online to buy gifts? What's wrong with doing all of the culturally appropriate Christian uh, Christmas things? And he looked at me and says, well, there's nothing wrong with it. I just choose to boycott. And I said, well, why? Well, because I find that in the Christian world, people are stressed. People are worried. People are trying to please the expectations of their boyfriend or girlfriend, their husband or wife, their in-laws that they may not even like. People are rushing here and there. Or people are workaholics. They see the holiday season not even as a vacation, nor as a holiday, but as a day to catch up in their studies or in their work. And so they work overtime during the holiday season, and they get paid more, so there's an incentive for that. And what is forgotten in all of that is the real reason for the season, which is the baby Jesus, the celebration of the birth of Jesus Christ. So I boycott. I, Luke, Kylo Ray Finn, boycott Christmas. And I thought about that, and at first I thought he was pretty extreme. Why? Because I was one of those people. I was rushing to Target or to the mall or going online in order to try to get those gifts that I wanted to to impress my friends. It was also a time to catch up in my studies or in a lot of the work that I need to do. And by the way, I have a defense because this is church work. Okay, it's holy work for God. So it's okay. It's holy work for God. It's okay. But the more and more I thought about it, the more and more I realized maybe he has a point. Because what is the spiritual life without even the holidays? Is the spiritual life a life of worry, a life of rushness, a life of stress, a life where you can't even finish the things that you want to finish? Or is the spiritual life one of peace, one of even with all the things going on around you, you have the ability to be calm because you know that God is in control? And you will do whatever you can in order to avoid that being broken, avoid that status being razzled. Now you add the holiday season into it, whether it be Easter or whether it be Christmas. Wouldn't it be even more so that we maintain a spiritual composure, not just for ourselves, but also to be a witness to the people around us who are both Christian and not Christian in order for them to see the light of Christ. And he had a point. And I started gravitating toward that point too, to the point where now I only buy presents for only my friends uh, that are really close and uh, my relations. And that's it. And sometimes I, that I don't. I, I don't even do that. Because if I feel rushed and I, I feel like I'm now putting idolatry 
as the things of the world, I just focus on Jesus. I focus on Jesus. Now think about that in your life. Does that apply to you? Are you focused on Jesus this Christmas? Is your response to the baby Jesus this Christmas leading up to that one of focus on Jesus Christ? Because the real reason for the Christmas season is the celebration of the birth of Jesus. How are you responding to Jesus this Christmas season? Now, I want to ask you another question. What spiritual ceremony or tradition are you going to do to venerate and honor Jesus this Christmas season? What are the traditions that you may do in your family that is spiritual to focus on Jesus Christ? What are some traditions that you do in your personal life in order to focus on Jesus Christ this Christmas so that you wouldn't be taken over by the wave of secularism uh, during this Christmas season? A lot of us don't have that, right? We are like many people, just doing Christmas on Christmas Day or Christmas Eve, but not really remembering the reason for the season the weeks before. And so today, like I said before, I want us to remind us of how we can do that, how we can respond to Jesus uh, this season. And if you do have a certain tradition, is the tradition that you are doing a right tradition, a right response? Well, we're going to find out what can be some right responses. Because as I said before, in the Bible, we know of what the first responders were to the birth of their baby Jesus. How did they respond to Jesus? What can we learn from them in order so that we know how to respond to the baby Jesus this Christmas season? And we find three things in the Luke passage that we just read. So here are three ways to respond to the baby Jesus this Christmas. First, we can respond to the baby Jesus by proclaiming the real meaning of Christmas with others. We could respond to the baby Jesus by sharing the real meaning of Christmas to other people around us. Luke chapter 2, verse 16 to 18 is emphatic on this first point. Verse 16, so they, the shepherds, came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. When they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child. What was that? Remember the angels appeared to the shepherds and told them that there would be a savior of the world that would be born? So they made known the statement which had been told to them about this child. The shepherds were the first evangelists before the disciples were even chosen. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. Do we have friends and family who we have talked to and they wonder and they think about Christmas beyond the tinsels, the bells, Santa Claus, and the reindeer and the beautiful lights outside? <clears throat> we see that the first thing the shepherds do when they saw the baby Jesus wasn't to buy presents for one another. It was instead to tell others about the birth of Jesus Christ. Can you imagine? Oh, well, it's the baby Jesus. This is the savior of not only the Jews, us, but the world. Hurry up, let's go to Target. Let's buy presents for each other. Yeah. Like, no, it's hurry up. Let's let's buy some presents for him. Let's buy some presents. If there's any presents to be bought for someone, it should be to the mother and the father as a welcome gift to to the world for Jesus or to help Jesus to grow up, right? Let's buy some presents for this 
Lord and Savior, this God who was born for us to save us from our sins. This season, are we more concerned with what gifts we are going to buy to satisfy our friends and relatives, or are we more concerned with sharing the true meaning of Christ with them, or Christmas with them instead? So I had to deal with this when I first became a Christian, because when I first became a Christian, I became a hardcore Christian first. I actually fell away later and then came back to being hardcore again. It wasn't, for me, it wasn't a slow burn because I was never raised at church. I became a Christian in high school. So I was on fire first. And then when I, found, I, I realized what the true meaning of Christmas was, I'm like, what are we doing as a family? My family is at best Buddhist with a few Christian elements in it because my parents went to church youth group in Taiwan when they were youth. But once they graduated, like many people, uh, they left the church altogether. And so I thought, we need to redeem Christmas. We need to redeem Christmas at my house. And for me, I am the only Christian, and so I'm the missionary to my home. So I need to be a light at my house. And so what did I do? I started, I first did things that were like more secretive and more inconspicuous. And so I bought Christmas gospel tracks. Tracks that sort of said the true, what is the true meaning of Christmas? Tracks that said, have you ever heard of Christ in Christmas? Basically taking back Christmas for Christ and then sharing the gospel at the end. And what I did was I put those in the cards that I had to give to my friends and family. Um, or I put them these tracks into the gifts that were wrapped or in bags. And for us, our tradition in Christmas in my family was that Christmas Eve we would get around and open all the pre presents for each other. And so everyone would know the presents that you got them. We didn't do any white elephant or any of those uh, deceptive games. We were just brutally honest with each other. You knew how much uh, uh, Auntie uh, Chan liked you by the gift that you got. And so when they got my gift and I passed them around, um, they opened it. And some of them only got a gift card. But what was very prominent for everyone was the gospel track. And you should have seen their faces the first time I did this. <laughs> it was this look of, why is this here? And you can tell that they were surprised, but it's from Peter, their family member. So they're not going to say anything bad. So they'll go, oh, well, thank you for your gift and for this little um, religious booklet. I was, yeah, read about it. It's, it's about the true meaning of Christmas. You know, okay, okay. The third year, I decided that that wasn't good enough. It wasn't good enough. Because by this time, they had already read it twice. Okay, because I already did this two times. So I said, you know what? I'm going to redeem Christmas for God in my family. And as the only missionary, what we're going to do is we're going to introduce Christmas songs. Right? Not Jingle Bells. Not Frosty the Snowman, because that's idolatry. Okay, we're worshiping Frosty the Snowman. Please. Not, not Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer who led the magical sleigh because magical is of the devil, right? We're not going to do that. We're going to sing Christmas songs. And so I asked my mom and dad, because we were hosting at our house, is it okay that I lead some Christmas songs in the beginning before we pass out the presents? And by this time, my brother and my cousin already knew what was going to happen. And so right when I got up with my guitar... They both said, it's a religious moment. It's a religious moment. <laughs> it's a religious moment. 
<laughs> remember, none of them had come to know Christ yet, even, even my, at my efforts. And so I led them in songs like, Oh, Holy Night, What Child Is This? The classic, which everyone has to agree with, Silent Night, um, in order to, to get the Jesus back into um, our, our holidays. And so those are the things that I did, okay? Now, I'm not asking you to, you have to do those things. If you do, then great. I think that would be great if you included gospel tracts in your gift cards or in, in the gifts that you give. I think it's great if, you, if you're in a predominant home which still celebrates Christmas Eve or Christmas Day by opening gifts and doing some kind of ceremony. Um, hey, ask your parents, can I lead some Christian songs? Or hey, can I stand up and lead, um, uh, just share about why there's a star on top of this tree, right? Because the star is supposed to represent the star of Bethlehem, the light of all the lights of the Christmas tree. And in that way, you can share a part of the gospel message through the story of Christmas. Do it. Do it. That time is yours. They're your family. They may laugh at you. They may feel awkward. You may feel awkward. When has evangelism never been awkward? When has evangelism never been awkward? I will tell you, if you do that, it'll be probably one of the least awkward times when you share with the gospel. And it will give you steel to your bones when you do share in a more hostile environment because you had had practice at home. I encourage you. I encourage you. We should spend some time this Christmas sharing with each other as family and friends the true meaning of Christmas. This is a proper way to respond to Jesus' Christmas because that's what the shepherds did. Again, we can do this in the cards we write, in our conversations with people, even the kind of gifts we give. You know what's a great gift to give to our friends who aren't Christians? Give them a DVD or a book called Lee Strobel's The Case for Christ. And then they, why are you giving this? It's Christmas. Oh, there you go. Oh, but no, you're not supposed to say Christmas. You're supposed to say happy holidays while I'm a Christian. So, and what, are, what is this holiday about? It's about either Christmas, Kwanzaa, or Hanukkah, right? I'm a Christian, so we're going to do, do uh, this one, okay? And by the way, the people of Hanukkah were looking for Jesus, and they were waiting for Jesus to come also, if you know the story of Hanukkah back in 300 B.C., now, I want to make a case also for fasting from your gifts, okay? Think about this. If you fasted from giving any Christmas gifts, what would the response be? The response would be a question. Why are you not giving any gifts? I'm not saying you have to fast. I'm saying consider it, okay? Why? And once they say why... It's the perfect opportunity to share the gospel. Oh, because I want to focus on the reason for Christmas, which is Jesus Christ. What? What do you mean? Right? They'll, they'll either say, what? What do you mean? Which then gives, them, gives you another opportunity to share, or they'll become very quiet. I've experienced this. Okay? There's only two options. They'll either go, what, what do you mean by that? That's so weird, which gives you the opportunity to share about Jesus, or they'll become very quiet because they know you're, you're going to want to share Jesus with them. And so they'll quiet down. But both ways, you got Jesus out. Okay, you got Jesus out of the hiddenness of secular Christmas. The second way we can respond to the baby Jesus is by pondering on the significance of the birth of our Lord and Savior. By meditating, reflecting this season, this week, on the significance of 
of the birth of our Lord and Savior. Look at what Mary did in response to the birth of her son. Luke 2, verse 19. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. When's the last time you treasured all the things of Christmas biblically and the things leading up to them and pondered about them in your heart like Mary did? Mary pondered and treasured her baby Jesus and the events leading up to his birth in her heart. And these two words mean that she reflected on how important Jesus was to her and how amazing it was that God used her, a simple woman betrothed to a carpenter, to give birth to the Savior of the world. It's actually a very magnificent and a very humbling thing. And how much time are we taking to reflect on the significance of the Christmas story during this week? Are we spending time with God in prayer and reading his word about the birth of Jesus so that we truly are worshiping him this Christmas? Or are we too busy? I want to put it out to you that this week, why don't you take a break from the usual devotions that you usually do? Let's say you're reading through the Bible. Pastor Peter gives you the permission to stop that, okay? You'll still read the Bible. You will, all right? Or add this to it. Read the first couple of chapters of Matthew, and then the next day, read the first couple of chapters of Luke, the Christmas story in the Gospels. And then do that again on the third day and the fourth day. And then do that again on the fifth day and the sixth day. And on the seventh day, which will be Christmas Eve, and the eighth day, which will be Christmas. When you come to church, uh, when you go to the candlelight service, when you open up your presents, either on Christmas Day or Christmas Eve, you will be ready to worship God on Christmas. It will not be a secular Christmas as a Christian, but it will be a Christian Christmas as a Christian. Now, in order to help you keep your mind focused also, not only that, another practice that you can do is what we've been doing as a church together. We've been doing this thing called the Advent Month. And what the Advent Month is, what the old liturgical church denominations used to do, where the month of December was a month that would prepare you for December uh, 25th. And each week, each Sunday, we would think about Jesus Christ's birth. And that's what we've been doing through the prophet Isaiah, through Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 and 7. We've been talking about what does it mean to be a wonderful counselor? What does it mean for Jesus to be mighty God? What does it mean for Jesus to be everlasting father and the prince of peace? And so just go to cccto.org, go to messages, and listen to those messages. Even if you were here to listen to them, listen to them again and remind yourself of the significance of Jesus Go through Advent with us. Uh, this is already the third week. We're going to go through the fourth week next week, which is the last week, because next week will be Christmas Eve Sunday. So we need to ponder on the significance of the birth of Jesus this Christmas, because think about it this way. Like I said to my youth today um, in the Sunday school, the cultural, sociological machine of Christmas is so strong that it'll roll you over with its doodads if you don't have a plan to counter it. And what do I mean by that? All of the rushing to get presents, all of the parties that are out there, all of the friends that are coming back from, from college to hang out with, 
all of the hanging out as a family, eating, 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 buying presents, more presents, hoping to receive a great present, all of that, all in the name of money that the society wants, and they're, they're pushing that agenda. If you don't push back with your own agenda this Christmas, you can easily be, be rolled over with the agenda of the world, which is all about rush, 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 money, food, presents, family, and then Jesus is just a little figure at the end. We need to intentionally ponder on the significance of the birth of Jesus this Christmas, or we will get caught up in everything else that the world wants us to ponder about during this week. Last but not least, the third thing that we see of how people first respond to the baby Jesus is this. We can respond to the baby Jesus by praising and thanking God for the birth of our Savior. We can respond to the baby Jesus by glorifying God, by thanking him, by praising him for the birth of our Savior. In Luke chapter 2, verse 20 says, the shepherds went back, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, just as had been told them. What was amazing is that the shepherds were changed so much as a result of seeing the baby Jesus that they didn't go back to just shepherding, right? Like a lot of times when you see beautiful lights out there during Christmas, someone will go, oh, check out that house. It has crazy lights. We got this one house near the corner of uh, uh, Wendy uh, and uh, Las Posas or Borcher or Lynn, Wendy Lynn, and it's just decked out. It's so crazy. And it's so out of place, too, because none of the other houses are decked out. It, it's, like, it's like an eyesore of Christmas beauty. And so we go there, and we look at that. Whoa, this is really cool. Look at it with my family, my wife, my kid. And then after that, we go, oh, okay, after just five minutes, we go, oh, okay. And then we just go back to do our own thing, and that's it. And we might tell other people about it, but we usually just go back to do our own thing. Not so with the birth of the re Jesus with the shepherds. The shepherds were changed so much that they not only went back and told other people about it, they were the first evangelists of the birth of Christ, but as a result of seeing the baby Jesus, they go back home and glorify and praise God for those things. When was the last time that you saw a beautiful light show on Christmas and went back home and evangelized to other people and said, you should also go watch that light show? I praise and thank God for that light show also. Maybe the light show was awesome, but how much more so the awesomeness of the birth of the baby Jesus and the response of the shepherds. And it is unfortunate to us that during Christmas, many of us do less time glorifying and praising God and more time rushing again to do the Christmas activities, partying, getting presents, even working and getting things done. Let's slow down and enjoy the spiritual joy of this Christmas season by focusing, meditating, thanking God, and praising God on the reason for this Christmas. Do not let the world take away the spiritual joy that you can have by focusing on Jesus this Christmas season. Now, one thing that you can do is in tandem of pondering and meditating about Christmas through Matthew and through Luke, Take time to praise and thank God for the salvation that you have as a result of believing in Jesus each morning and each night. Just spend some time doing that, reflecting upon the baby Jesus and thanking God for what he did for you. And this is a really easy way so that you can also praise God and glorify God for the birth of Jesus Christ.
And for those of you who are coming to church today, you guys are doing the right thing. Because coming to church today, coming to church on Christmas Eve, going to candlelight service, worshiping and praising God, that is the proper response that we see for the birth of the baby Jesus. You guys are applying practically uh, verse 20. Take your time in your personal life every day this following week to praise God and thank him for the positive way you live as a result of knowing this baby Jesus this Christmas season. And so I challenge all of you this week and this season, spend time less doing the Christmas rush, going to parties, being a workaholic, spend less time doing those things, but rather spend more time this Christmas doing these three biblical things. Number one, proclaiming to others the real meaning of Christmas. Number two, pondering the significance of the birth of Jesus. And number three, praising God for what a great Savior he's given us. Proclaim, ponder, and praise. You see what I did? It's an alliteration so you can remember it. Okay? Proclaim, ponder, and praise the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father God, send people to us that are not Christians so that we can share the reason for this season. Give us an intelligent mind and a brave heart to include Christian items in our gifts to send to people that we know who are not Christians yet. Help us, Lord, to ponder and reflect on the significance of Jesus, whom without we would not have life now or life after death. And help us to thank you and praise you and glorify you through it all. Thank you for this holy week of Christmas. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we turn off the lights and uh, let's all stand as we sing our last song and reflect on what a good God our Father is.